What are your fears? Like, what are you really afraid of? I'm not just talking about being afraid of spiders or deep water, but what might be some of the fears that you have that could limit what you do in this world? I mean, of course, having a fear of spiders or deep water can limit some of the things that you're willing to do and engage with, especially the deep water one. I have one that used to have that very intensely. But do you have a fear of judgment, a fear of rejection, a fear of neglect, a fear of abandonment, or anything else that may fall in that category? It's these fears and more, and the emotions, the anxieties, and a circumstance that I recently went through that I share with you today in this episode. It's just me talking and just me talking real, real. So buckle in and let's get ready to dissect our fears and learn ways that we can navigate through them. I share with you how I healed myself through the very fears that have been holding me back for a lifetime. Let's dig in. So this will be a short, relatively short, because we never know exactly what short means, but a short solo podcast episode where I'm talking about some of my major lessons I learned from 2021 and um, it came to me the other day that I should kind of talk about some of the things that I was working through, especially towards the very end and how that made me feel, the realizations that came to me so unexpectedly And how it made me realize that I still had a lot more work to do, especially when it came to fears, beliefs, anxieties coming up, and how that was beginning to affect not only my work, but also relationships. And then, of course, I want to talk about what I what tools were I was I using like things that I started to do to really help me navigate it. So what was the main takeaways and how did I help myself heal through everything that I was experiencing? So. Um, I usually don't talk too, 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 too much about like super personal life things, and I will not be going into detail about a lot of things here. Um, but I will just say that something that came to me towards the, uh, like the middle of last year, um, something really awesome happened and, um, a budding of a relationship occurred and it was really great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but at the same time that I felt that I, I thought that maybe I was ready to be in something like that, I quickly, and when I say quickly, I mean quickly, began to realize that I maybe, and not that I wasn't necessarily ready, but like I definitely wasn't prepared for everything that was going to come up during the course of that experience. And really one of the biggest things that I had is a lot of anxieties. And at first what I was coining as relationship anxiety was actually something way deeper than that, right? So calling it relationship anxiety in my head was like, it's a, it was an easy way to categorize and understand what I was going through. Like, oh, I just literally have anxiety around dating people and like dating them seriously. Like that was previously how I felt. But as things began to unfold situation after situation would happen I would be triggered left and right and it wasn't because anybody was doing anything wrong or mean or whatever no it was a very like it was a very genuine and important and healthy connection that was being formed at least that's what we were really working on like really creating really safe and amazing spaces for each other to really express ourselves and do whatever it is that we need to do 
But of course, (laughs) I had a lot of unresolved anxieties, fears, and traumas as it related to previous experiences that ended up becoming wide awake in that space. And usually in my head, I'm like, look, if I'm in, in my head originally, I was just kind of like, in order for me to be prepared for any type of relationship, right? Ideally, right? And this is before this is happening. I'm like, look, I would have worked through everything that I needed to work through on my own without having to do that with that person. Again, this is how I used to think that perfect Nile would just boom, be super ready and it'd be great. But no, um, it was a lot of nitty gritty things going on there, a lot of triggering left and right. And just a lot of me realizing like, wow, I still have that to work on. Or wow, I still have that to work on because that's what a trigger is. At least in my opinion, a trigger is something that is, is bringing something to your awareness that needs healing still, that needs attention, that needs something and it needs it from you, not anybody else, but from you. Now, ideally you could get external assistance like a therapist, or you could work through something with your partner um, when something is triggered. And it's always important, I feel, to have that conversation with a partner if you are in a relationship when you are triggered to say, hey, like this, you know, this was said and this started to have a cascade of thoughts and feelings and memories from XYZ situation and, you know, XYZ. And I think it's good to have that line of open communication and expression and to express whatever emotions may need to come up, but not so that you can wallow in them or or ground yourself in that experience, but no, so that you can just say it's a release. You know what I'm saying? You're able to release it. You're able to better understand it and you're better able to understand what work needs to be done. So if you can have that open and honest conversation, and if you do have a therapist, then you can take that conversation then to your therapist and begin to figure out where the kinks need to be worked out within you so that you're able to show up in that relationship um, more whole within yourself and not necessarily looking for your partner to fill any gaps within you. One thing I will say is that in the experience when I was triggered or when I was dealing with certain things, I didn't really experience like wanting that person to fill me in certain ways. But I began at some point in time to notice that I was insecure about a couple of things. And these things didn't have anything to do with that person. I began to realize that these insecurities that were beginning to show its head left and right were me. And arguably the insecurity started when we first started dating because I was insecure, one, about dating. I was insecure about having somebody see me for me, know me for me. Because really what that was rooted in was, geez, if I let somebody see me and know me for me, Will they even accept what they're seeing? Will they accept what they're knowing? Will they, or will they judge me? Will they reject me? You know what I'm saying? And um, will they still care? Will they still be interested? Will they still like me? So a lot of that is rooted around a fear of rejection. And a fear of rejection was one of the biggest fears that I had. And that fear was not only impacting my relationship, or relationships in general, actually, when I really began to step back, I began to realize how it was showing its head in other ways and other situations that didn't have to be romantic. But also it was affecting how I showed up in my work, what I published, what I didn't publish, how I created and how I didn't create. It's like, imagine if you have like this well, this wellspring is just spouting and spouting and just so much pure raw energy and, and just essence and purity for whoever wants to tap into it, right? But it's coming from deep within. But then, you know, <laughs> imagine the well in and of itself, imagine the well as a person and the well just starts to put little dampers and, and spaces. So 
If originally it was so natural, just gushing and overflowing endlessly, just so naturally, now you start to put dampers in random places. So it eventually, it's still flowing, but it's flowing like, it's just flowing as a, sm- a significantly smaller stream. And that's what it's like to have fears and all these other doubts and hesitations, you know, allowing yourself to operate from them. And the operate from them to, at least from my experience that I began to learn when I really began to break these things down was that I was truly identifying with these fears. It was these experiences from my past that I really allowed to like really settle into my body, settle into my psyche and settle into my belief systems around dating, relationships, relationships of all kinds, and also my work and also the relationships I'm forming with my audience um, and who any else, who anybody else who may come across my work, be interested in work in my work or follow my work. And then also the relationship that I have with myself, you know, there can, you know, it's funny because he's like, how can you fear being rejected by yourself? But it's like, man, it's, it's totally a thing that can happen. And it's like, well, how do you navigate having a fear of being rejected by yourself um, or at least by whatever, like, you know, having this resistance? So if you're constantly operating in incoherence, which is pretty much you're having constant resistance around within your entire energy body, just with your thoughts, your reasoning, your beliefs, whatever, everything is just out of whack. It's confused. It's unclear. That causes a lot of anxiety and confusion and muddiness that some people would say within the mind, the body, and the spirit. But anyway, so a fear of rejection was one of the biggest things that I realized. And like I said before, I was thinking that I was just having relationship anxiety, but that's just like, that's just like, Though the H1, like the first headline, you know what I'm saying? That's just like the umbrella. That's just the plastic covering, basically. But when you open it up, you begin to see that there's a lot more deep within there that needs to be addressed and seen. So the first one was a fear of rejection. The second one that I began to realize that I was having a fear of was a fear of neglect. Now, this is really, really interesting because I have been neglected before, right? In previous relationships and all types of previous situations. Um, And that's something that many of us can experience. So we may have had experiences, for example, of being rejected, being judged, and being neglected in different ways. And it is true that there is a way that we all deserve to be treated with love and kindness and care and, um, and to belong and to be accepted just for who we are, right? But at the same time, we can experience the complete opposite of that. And so the opposite of care would be neglect. In this fear of neglect, though, I realized something that could be better, at least within myself, wasn't necessarily looking at my partner to take care of me in all the myriad of ways that I wanted to be taken care of, which is something that you can want and desire. You can have an open and very honest conversation with your partner about it. So like, for example, when I talked about in the fear rejection section, if you're triggered by certain things or you've had various situations where you have been rejected and you realize that things are beginning, that these insecurities are beginning to peak their head left and right in your relationship, it is important to have this conversation, but not to come at it, come at your partner like they're an opponent, which is something else I had to learn, but I'll get to that in a second. But to come to them like, here, this is everything that's on the table of concerns. And I just want to talk to them about them with you. Not so that anybody now has to magically fix everything about you because you're not looking to other people to fix you, but just to have a very honest conversation. Um, And then you then do the work within yourself to get yourself to a more whole place so you're no longer operating from a fear from a place of fear of rejection or fear of judgment or fear of neglect 
because here you're accepting yourself. So the best remedy to a fear of rejection is radical self-acceptance. And the best remedy to fear of neglect is radical self-care. And then the third one that I had to deal with was a fear of, of abandonment. So the third one that I had to navigate and have a better understanding of is a fear of abandonment. And a lot of what I have, some of what I experienced in my life was more so emotional abandonment. And that can go hand in hand with rejection and neglect. Because if you're if you're in some way, shape, or form, whether or not you learned this when you were a kid, you experienced it when you were a kid, maybe you could have first experienced it in some way, shape, or form when a kid, whether or not it was literally little physical abandonment, emotional abandonment by a parental figure, or a combination of the two, or maybe another form of abandonment that can make that could be relatively hard to pinpoint. The moral of the story is that these things can happen when we were kids, and they can, or they can happen as we're getting older and older, especially when you begin to get into the dating world. <laughs> I recently have began to realize that we're all basically kids out here just trying to be loved. <laughs> and uh, if we have really big wounds like fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of neglect, then those we can literally are running around kids that are just crying and screaming, basically wanting somebody to, to accept us, to care for us and to support us. So because the opposite of a fear of abandonment is going to be radical self-support. And there's a reason why I put the self before, because I could just say abandonment, the opposite of abandonment is support. The opposite of neglect is care. The opposite of rejection is acceptance because yes, but there's a point for me to put the self before the support, the self before the acceptance and the self before um, the care for the simple fact that we can want others to care for us to accept us and to support us. Yes, totally fine. I think that's a very natural part. Again, we're humans, we're a very communal species and there's a lot of amazing things that we receive from having that very communal aspect of feeling belongingness, of feeling that communal support and feeling that communal um, care and acceptance. But at the same time, we can't always seek that from our communities or from our partners. Because when we walk away, who are we? If we've always allowed ourselves to be defined based on the amount of care, acceptance, and support that we're receiving from other people, if we've never learned to establish what it means to care, accept, and support ourselves, then how are we able to navigate and move forward in the world on our own two feet with our own independence and feeling whole within ourselves? So for me navigating what it felt like to deal with emotional abandonment throughout the years fueled my fear of rejection because I'm like well with rejection it's like well if if I share myself with somebody if I bring if I let somebody know me for me see me for me really get to see me like when I'm taking all those masks off at the end of the day and it's just me on me if I allow somebody to come into that space what is the possibility that they reject me and thus abandon me now abandonment is not always the result of a rejection you can be rejected and not be abandoned but a lot of times you can be rejected and then abandoned and that and or the rejection can feel like abandonment or they can just really feed off each other and when you're beginning to feel rejected and abandoned whether or not it's emotional physical or both of course you're going to end up feeling neglected 
So these are like the trifecta. We want to be, we want to be cared for. We want to know that we can be cared for. We want to know that we can be accepted, which means that there's some safety in that space. There's some security and acceptance. There's a bit of safety and security there and that we can be supported. There's also safety. There's safety and security felt with an acceptance, support, and care. And so that's something that we look forward to having in community spaces, which is also something that we should look forward to having within ourselves. Something that we should build within ourselves. If it's something that we want to see built in our community spaces, within our grander world, or within our relationships, then it's something that we should build within ourselves. You know, if you see something that you want to change in the world, are you prepared and are you ready to be that change? So if you want your world, you want your community, you want your relationship to be more supportive, to be more caring, to be more accepting, are you supportive, caring, and accepting? And not just of others, because yes, you want to be there of others, but also of yourself. The relationships that you build are very much rooted on the relationship that you have with yourself. So if you have yet to really navigate what it means to support yourself, to care for yourself, and to accept yourself radically, then it's going to be hard, especially when you begin to navigate relationships and being able to really show up for yourself and thus show up for that relationship at the time. And so in left and right, you might start making really interesting decisions or You know, if you're triggered by something, you might start making interesting decisions that might be harmful to you or the relationship. You might start sabotaging things, even unconsciously. You might hold certain beliefs around how this person should be, should be doing things, how they should be acting, who they should be. You might start searching for something in somebody that isn't even necessarily there, but because you like them and because you want to feel that support, you want to feel that care, you want to be accepted, you're willing to maybe overlook a couple of things. So in my situation, there was that care, there was that support, there was that nurturing, but somehow I always managed to have my mental narrative, the story I was telling myself was a bit different than what reality was presenting me. And so that's another thing too. So you can find yourself in in a very uh, safe and secure relationship with somebody and still manage to not feel safe or secure in it. And when that happens, there's a couple of questions you can ask, right? So at first, of course you can say, well, is this person, the person that you're dating adding to the making it unsafe or making it unsure, or is it how you are feeling about yourself? Is it the lack of the relationship that you have with yourself? Is it the neglect that you have been projecting towards yourself? Is it the lack of support and acceptance that you have been projecting towards yourself? So in my situation, I found that I wasn't giving myself the proper acceptance, the proper care, and the proper support that I needed in order to come to a better understanding that these insecurities that are showing their heads, that are rooted in this fear of rejection, this fear of abandonment, and this fear of neglect, you know, until I was able to realize that I, one, had these fears and all the anxieties and feelings that were spawning from these fears and all the decisions that I was making from these fears, and not just in that relationship that I had, but in relationships prior to that and the decisions that I was making in relationships prior to that and the way that I was navigating or the ways that I even felt about relationships. Shoot, I ain't gonna hold you. Before that situation happened in the summertime, before I just kind of literally just like randomly landed in my lap is how I say Before that, my personal opinion about dating relationships was that it wasn't for me. I felt like I couldn't figure it out, that every time I tried, it just never worked out because I just can't seem to get it right. It always felt like it was my fault. 
it always felt like I was inviting the wrong people in or that nobody would stay or all these different things. And I just couldn't really navigate it or figure it out. Um, and although during this time, right, leading up this period, I'm building up all, I'm learning to build up better boundaries, to better communicate more directly. Although I wasn't perfect at communicating directly in that relationship, I did do my best every single time to communicate as clearly as possible. And even if there was a moment where I was hesitating, um, I tried my best to just get myself to work through it. And if something wasn't said clearly to revisit the conversation later, whether it be a day later, a week later, or a couple of moments later to clarify what I meant more confidently and more clearly. And that was the kind of practice that I needed to be a more direct and confident communicator, especially when it came to communicating my feelings, especially when it came to communicating my triggers especially when it came to communicating my traumas, especially when it came to communicating the things that I'm really, really struggling with, the really heavy emotions. And so as much as it can seem daunting and unnecessary and very scary to communicate those very vulnerable pieces of yourself, they're so necessary, especially in dating and relationships and, and dating relationships and familiar relationships and, fa- and friendships, platonic relationships. It's really important to have these raw conversations with people to allow people to see us. And it's good practice for us to allow ourselves to see ourselves as well, especially if we struggle with that. So with all that to say, um, how did I begin to navigate these fears and anxieties when I realized them? So this is a great first thing, right? So I will say this whole process of me healing through these fears was not easy. It was quite painful and quite ugly, especially seeing how I had to do it all by myself. Um, I did try to get therapy at the time and literally every therapist office that I reached out to, whether or not it be solely online or comp or hybrid, everybody was not taking any patients. I had to wait 30 plus days or anything like that. So during that time frame, I'm like, look, <laughs> I got to wait, but you know what? Even though I have to wait, I'm going to begin my healing now. It is up to me to heal now. And that's one thing I've never played with, right? I've never played with, oh, I'm just going to push off my healing later. Like, no, it is really important for me to heal here and now. Um, And once I began the healing process, things like my confidence began to boost. I began to feel more secure in myself. I began to support myself more in ways that I hadn't before. I began to radically accept myself, accept my feelings as they were in the moment. And instead of trying to push things away or suppress them or avoid them or repress them or any of those things, I embraced them for exactly how they were. I embraced any shame that came up. I embraced any embarrassment, any blame, any guilt, any victimhood feelings, any ways that I may have hurt somebody or may or that I may have hurt the person that I was with while I was navigating these things. I literally just had to sit and radically accept everything that I was feeling and commit to no longer allowing them to define me or to be the reasons why I'm making certain decisions. Like I'm had to, I had to make a decision to say, I'm no longer going to allow fear to be the basis of my decisions, the basis of my actions. I'm going to operate from love. I'm going to operate from that radical acceptance, that radical care, that radical support that I'm giving myself. No matter what I'm feeling, no matter where I'm at right now, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm just going to give myself that care and that attention and that awareness that I need. So it was a daily process of one, radically accepting myself, which a quick definition of radical self-acceptance is literally as you are in this moment, you are accepting yourself. 
whatever comes up, whatever feelings, whatever thoughts, whatever opinions, whatever bodily sensations, whatever stressors, whatever is going on within yourself, you're just saying, you know what, I accept this feeling as it is. I accept it. I see it as it is. And although I feel X feeling, so although I feel neglected or although I feel anxious or although I feel shame, I I choose to fully and completely love and accept myself. That is a great affirmation, something that I was actively using during my process of radically accepting myself. And as I was beginning to radically accept myself day and day, so I was doing definitely a combination of journaling um, and a combination of EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, which is a tapping. Some It's a somatic process where you are tapping. I'll include a YouTube video so just so that you can get the basis of what tapping means or EFT means. But by using these practices... In my daily routine, I was really able to transform the feelings, the sadness, the despair, the depression, the feelings of not being enough, the feelings of not deserving, the feelings of worthlessness, because I ain't going to hold you. When I really began to dissect these fears and anxieties, I began to realize that I didn't feel worthy or even enough in the relationship that I was having. Like I didn't feel worthy of it. I didn't feel enough in it. It's a very weird, weird, weird place to be in, to be in a space that is very loving and very comforting, but then not even feeling worthy of that love and that comfort, not feeling worthy of that person's love. And it's funny when you feel like you're not worthy of somebody's love, but yet they're actively like, no, I want to give you this love. That's a disservice to them also. It's a disservice to you and a disservice to him because now you're existing from a mental framework that is completely false it's harmful and it's it's incorrect and it's sabotaging your relationship with yourself as well as the relationship that you're building with other people and it's going to ultimately bring align you with other people who are going to reinforce the idea that you are not worthy of that gentle that caring that supportive and that accepting and that radical and peaceful love that you actually desire And I think that's why sometimes we have to ask ourselves, you know, what do I really want? And a lot of times what we think that we want isn't always the first answer. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves a couple of times, what do I want? What do I want? Why do I want this? Why do I want this to really get down to the want that you want coming from you and not coming from somebody else's idea of what you should be wanting. So not coming from somebody else's programming or conditioning or what somebody else may want for you, but what you want for yourself. And begin and to begin to realize, analyze how we may be unconsciously or consciously sabotaging our ability to even get that thing or to experience it or to receive it or to allow it to happen. So in my situation, because ultimately I felt like, again, before I even had entered into that relationship, I felt like I kept fucking relationships up. Like I felt like I couldn't figure them out. So gosh, they probably just aren't for me because I was navigating with that thought space for longer than I really understood. I ultimately was entering into that situation already not feeling worthy of it. And that is such a harmful belief to have. And it's funny because as I say that, my eyes are kind of, you know how like before the teardrop comes, your eyes begin to do this little welling thing. (laughs) I felt that just now, but 
I think that this is such an important and powerful thing to understand about ourselves is how do we really feel about ourselves? What do we really want? And what's the, like, ultimately, what is the relationship that we have with ourselves? And what's the relationship that we want to have? What are our fears? Let's get real nitty nitty gritty about the fears that we have. Do we have that fear of abandonment? Do we have that fear of neglect? Do we have that fear of rejection? Do we have a fear of judgment? I mean, there's so many fears that you can have that are rooted in pain and suffering. And as we continue to allow ourselves to think in those fears, to identify with those fears in, in any experiences or memories associated with those fears, to operate from those fears, so letting those fears to be the basis of our thinking, of our identification, of our actions and behaviors, of how we interact with people. So basically, we're just living a life of fear. You could be perhaps the riskiest stock market investor out there, but yet you could have the grandest fear of relationships, whether or not it be familial, platonic, or dating, or just trying something else. Because it's true. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable also means that you're taking a risk. It's a big risk to take, just like putting your money into an investment is a big risk to take, but it's all a risk. And if you're willing to risk one thing, how come not risk something else, especially something that can be so liberating and so fruitful? Because imagine if your investment in that project goes really well, what does that feel? It feels liberating. It feels fruitful. It feels like ah, all this nice extra money I have to do whatever I want with. So imagine if you actually give yourself the opportunity to show up not only for yourself, but also to show up full, whole, enough, healed, understanding of yourself in totality as much as you are in that moment. And you show up as that person ready to take a risk in a relationship, ready to be vulnerable, ready to explore vulnerability with somebody else, ready to love rawly as hard as you can in that moment, at least. Then nothing is lost or left on the table when you walk away from it. I think one of the biggest things that I always regret it leaving certain situations certain relationships in the past was like I wish I would have said this I wish I would have told them how I felt I wish I would have said I loved you I wish I would have just was more honest I wish I would have given them the opportunity to actually see me and yet that was one of my biggest things although that was one of my biggest regrets from previous relationships it was the thing that I actively had to navigate in the most recent one that I had and I remember there was multiple times that we would have it's like something would happen and then I'd be like oh, okay let's have a conversation about it and then I'd be like look I want you to see me I want you to know me but I'm going to be honest with you I am literally afraid <laughs> and so work with me please I'm I'm going to doing my very very best to navigate through these feelings and navigate through these memories to navigate through these traumas and navigate through all these things and I'm going to do my very best to be very loving and caring and understanding in this space with you and with myself, but just know that I am coming from a place of anxiety and fear around this. And once I began, like I said, to puncture that plastic covering, I began to see everything else that was laying inside of it. So um, in the description, like I said before, I'll be linking um, the EFT video that I followed and I have still been helpful to this day. Some of the different, I began to use this, this somatic practice. Somatic just means like body-based practice to help me release additional fears, worries, or emotions that may be trapped in the body. How EFT works is it's helping to reprogram your nervous system. So you're tapping at um, acupressure points and you're allowing, and you're saying, for example, being very honest, 
saying exactly what you're struggling with while tapping at these pressure points that help to calm your nervous system. And what you're doing there is you're just allowing, so as you're saying the thing that has been causing you distress and, and discomfort and you're feeling them, you're also communicating through these taps that to your body that we're not in fight or flight mode. This is, we're not in survival mode. We don't have to jump and dive off the deep end um, in order to navigate the situation. Like, no, this situation is something that we can handle, that we can heal, that we can release, that we can manage and navigate, that we can progress from. And that's been one of the most beautiful parts about this technique. And there's a lot of science behind it. Um, so once you begin to explore it after I link a video down below about it, you can thus begin to, you know, fill your merry heart with, if you want to go on Google Scholar and find all the various scientific and peer reviewed articles that are all about this practice, but they found so much conclusion about how impactful this practice really is. So for me, again, what I really used to help me navigate these fears and anxieties was one, I did self-inquiry, which is pretty much just asking yourself specific questions. This helps you to get a better understanding of where you are emotionally, mentally, spiritually, what you want, what you don't want, what you may be lodging in your subconscious mind, what needs to come to the surface. So practicing self-awareness with the self-inquiry. So that's one thing that I did. So two, another thing that I did was focus and intention. So the self-inquiry and the self-awareness join really well with the focus and intention because I'm focusing on what it is that has come up for me based on the questions that I've asked and the awareness that I'm projecting towards those questions and those answers. And then using intention to help me navigate and say, okay, well, this is really what I want to focus on. This is what I want. Um, and allowing myself to navigate through that. I also did a lot of journaling. That was really helpful for me. And um, also, uh, if there's any type of movement exercise that you really enjoy, whether that be Qigong or yoga or just working out or just taking a walk in nature or just taking a moment to breathe, that was also really important for me as well. It's really helpful. I did do some breath work as well, which I can link a breath work page that I began to practice with that was really cool and helpful for me in addition to the EFT. And another one that was really, really transformative, I said this in the earlier part of this episode, was radical self-acceptance. So after asking myself the question of what was going on or just becoming aware of it, with time, based on whatever triggers I had going on, whatever it may be, or maybe what caused it, I was using radical self-acceptance to accept it. And that's something that you actively use in the EFT method. Um, so again, just a quick summary of the tools that I use to help me navigate those stressors, those fears, and those anxieties. It was the emotional freedom technique, the tapping technique, it, breath work, uh, radical self-acceptance, self-awareness, and self-inquiry, and a bit of, of some intention setting. So also using affirmations to just kind of get my thought patterns in a more constructive and peaceful and targeted place on how I actually want, want it to feel. So yeah, so that's this episode, just kind of sharing some of my anxieties, being really real and raw about that and some tools that I use to kind of help me navigate them. So this would be a good time to also, you know, ask here is, you know, if has anything, have you learned anything from 2021? Have you noticed any fears or anxieties that you may be struggling with? Because a lot of times the anxieties you may be having are rooted in something else. And that something else is usually some sort of a fear. So what type of fears have you been navigating from? And how have they been influencing you? How have they been impacting your relationships? And how do you want, and do you want to navigate out of them? Do you want to experience something else? 
Do you want to finally heal and work through your fears? And, you know, if you want to, are you willing to? And are you willing to make the commitment to actually be that change you want to see, right? So again, as I said before, if you want to see your community or your partner to be more X, Y, Z, then are you also willing to be that yourself? Because as you heal yourself, whether or not you're working with a therapist or you're doing any type of energy work or you're just doing a lot of the personal work on your own here, it is going to help to purify you, your body, your mind, and your spirit, which means that your vibration is going to shift. The energy that you're putting out is going to change. What you attract to yourself is going to change as well. So more so of what you actually know is have you, that you've always deserved as your, as your birthright is going to come to you more effortlessly as you begin to heal and purify yourself and fill yourself with your true spirit, your true essence. Um instead of all the fears, the doubts, and anxieties that are really weighing you down. So, so yeah, that um, is today's episode. And let's be out. that you enjoyed this episode of me sharing with you some of the biggest fears that I've been struggling with for honestly most of my life since I can really begin to remember. As I began to do that healing work, it took a lot of effort and daily practice in order to get to that healing space where I could finally feel liberated from them, from their bounds and their confines. But on the other side of that space of no longer feeling so held back by them, I I don't know, life seems so much more limitless and uh, so many opportunities and potential now seem accessible to me so this is the purpose of why i share this episode with you because i felt like it was so important to have a very real and intentional look at how fears very much so can hold us back things that we've learned from childhood or from relationship after relationship or whatever it may be these things can really harm us they can instill within us beliefs that are not correct or harmful and that can thus limit how we interact with people the relationships that we build the relationships that we don't build the things that we do in our life, the the missions that we feel like we can or cannot accomplish, whatever it is, however we hold ourselves back or propel ourselves forward, they're rooted in our beliefs. And if our beliefs are rooted and based in fear, then we are holding ourselves back a lot more than we're truly meant to. So I hope that you really learned something great and that some of the practices that I shared on how to really navigate and conquer these fears were really helpful to you. As mentioned, do check out the description for today's episode so that you can get direct links to a few of the things that I've shared. And as always, if you have questions or anything that you want answered or to share something on the next episode, do send me an email, which will also be noted below, and I'll feature your message and or answer your question on the next show. Thanks for being here. And as always, much love. See you later.